Last week, we dived into the seven dimensions of my iSuccess framework, and I shared how you can use these as critical levers for business growth. If you want better results in your business, you have to examine each part of the engine of your business. You have to get your hands dirty. In this week's episode, we're diving in a little deeper, and I'm tackling some of the questions that came out of business reviews I've done with clients in various industries and how we fix the bottlenecks to improve small business performance. See you in a moment. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hi everyone and welcome and today we're continuing to look at how the iSuccess framework is helping to improve small business performance. In the last episode I went through each of the seven dimensions of success briefly in turn and now we're going to dive into a subset of elements that you can use in a practical way to self-evaluate your business. Note, I cover all of this in much more detail in my book and in my Leverage Business Accelerator program. All the links to look at those are in the show notes. But if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I suggest you do that first and then come back to this one afterwards. Because the iSuccess dimensions and elements map onto the entire Leverage Consulting, Leverage Business matrix. In my consulting practice, we work with all kinds and sizes of business from large corporate organizations in the nonprofit sectors like education, social housing and charities to small to medium sized enterprises, what we call SMEs here in the UK. And under the umbrella of the iSuccess Business Academy, we run our education and mentoring programs. And here we're working with sole traders who are professional service providers, freelancers and healing kind of practitioners. The two areas of my business are interconnected in terms of supporting business performance improvement, but they have quite different needs for why that support's needed and how it's delivered. So let me just start off by just going through very briefly the key drivers for business performance review. On the consulting side, a key driver in most industries is the need to satisfy standards and compliance requirements, or maybe to evidence to funders that a project achieved its objectives. There's still a lot of demand for external evaluation of innovation projects and change programs. And I've conducted over 30, maybe even 40 internal audit projects on process improvement for these organizations too. But for me personally, the impact of that work, I feel, is fairly minimal. It's like investigative surgery. You you go in, you take a look round, you get out and you send them a report. And what they do with that report, what they do with that information, hmm, well, some will come back and they'll ask us to help them implement the improvements that we've recommended. But much of the time, I never know what happens. I never know, you know, the impact of that work. 
Although evaluating the customer journey and customer experience or student experience has been a big part of that work in the past, and I love diving into what's actually happening at ground level, so to speak, but again, it's not generally all that transformative. And I'm telling you this bit of context, this part of my story, because it's a big reason I shifted my own focus to working more with small businesses, solo professionals and entrepreneurs. And what I've been noticing over the last few years is that small businesses are not particularly good at strategy and they're not particularly good at keeping an eye on performance. When the goals and direction of travel isn't clear, If the activities are mainly short term, it's really hard to pin down metrics for measuring business performance improvement. So a lot of business owners just tend to kind of park it and and use sort of gut intuition to some extent. Um, Or they just take the, the revenue or the sales as the main indicator of whether it's working. But it doesn't really allow you to track backwards and to look at where you can make improvements and where you can get more um, out of the, the, the business that you're, the, the way you've got it set up. So the problem with most business improvement models, and it's really that they're not often a great fit for a small business. They're full of jargon and complicated theories and people kind of dive in. They've done a Google search and they dive in and they think, oh, no, this is too complicated. This is not for me. And, you know, it's all well and good. They're, they're incredibly powerful models and frameworks and and analytical tools around but they've got to be user friendly if your sort of average business owner is is going to actually use them so most small businesses can't afford to get a consultant in to to help them use it so they're they're kind of learning how to do some of these things on their own Um, things like six sigma are great and they've definitely got their place in many industries and there's things like porter's five forces model another good one to look at for competitive advantage and diagnosing how you can get stronger Uh, go look them up tell me what you what you know and where to start using them uh, (laughs) to diagnose the bottlenecks in your business i think you'll struggle so you know it's like you almost need a phd just to make sense of them Um, i mean i have a phd but it's not in those it's not in those kind of areas so your business isn't become about becoming an expert business performance specialist right it's about seeing past your own cognitive bias though the assumptions and the misconceptions that we all have about the world and ourselves those are kind of like your blind spots if you will so a kind of medium-sized business or a a corporate organization will definitely get someone like me in to help them review things internally or externally But for small businesses as well, um, I work with them in a mentoring kind of capacity and we use frameworks and tools to analyze and to deduce things. So you don't have to go in there and do some really heavy handed review stuff, you know, 360 evaluations and things like that that you might do in a larger organization. But it's certainly useful to have some hooks, to have some criteria that you can apply, even if it's just for self-reflection on your own business. But there are common things here. When we start working together, the CEO or the business owner doesn't always know what to evaluate, how and when. They just know something's not right. They may think that they've got a sales performance problem and try dropping their prices or training their team. But actually, when we dive in, it turns out the weakness is way more in the foundations, the business design, the core and the marketing than in the sales or delivery end. 
And that means a lot of the problems or the bottlenecks in the business persist as blind spots. And there's a lot of time and energy and money wasted trying to fix the wrong thing, if you like, or fixing the thing that isn't actually the cause of low performance. And that's where the questions they ask are, are quite revealing. And that's why I thought I'd, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I thought I'd run this as a Q&A with Dr. J kind of format. As I mentioned last episode, those of us who start a service business are often driven initially by the desire to help certain people. And we're looking to leverage our expertise to not only earn a living working for ourselves, but also to make a difference. As well as pursuing freedom and independence um, and earning enough money to comfortably and reliably support those goals, our vision is one of having impact. So these are way softer objectives or outcomes than many business improvement models incorporate. We don't just want to look at performance indicators in terms of sales or revenue, important as those metrics are. And, you know, when we want to look at human reliability factors, for example, um, they tend to be more around human error rather than a match to our vision as a business owner or our, our attitudes and our mindset. We need to find a way to make a judgment about the benefits we bring and the impact we're having and about our sense of joy and fulfillment. So how do you measure our sense of something so intangible? Well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little, and that, um, but that is a question that's, that's something that comes up time and again with, with my clients. How do I measure success in the wider sense of the word? Not just growth in numbers, but whether I'm on the right track to achieving my, my vision and the business I want to end up with. And this is why I operate a holistic model for the relief of business design faults and bottlenecks, if you like. Let me take you back to the leveraged business flywheel we talked about last time, where we want to get it working in a balanced and efficient way. Because this is where the iSuccess Seven Dimensions framework really comes into its own to get to the heart of things, to fine tune the engine. The seven dimensions, just to summarize, are levers for business growth and help you identify what needs fixing for you to improve small business performance. We start with the aligning lever, then targeting, positioning. These are the areas that help you clarify what you do and for whom and where your messaging comes from. Next, you have the branding and pricing levers, which help you package what you do into a compelling product, program or service. And once you have things clarified and packaged, you can ramp things up with the next two levers for systematizing and scaling. When you see how the business needs to operate holistically, how all the pieces fit together and are connected, then the light bulb goes on and people start to understand why they need to look at the elements across all dimensions, not just be the little Dutch boy sticking his finger in the hole of the dam and hoping to stop the leaks and save the town from devastating flooding. If you don't know that story, look it up. I've, I've put a link in the show notes just for fun. Um, it's to an article that's very enlightening about that story. Um, it, it's all about getting the right solution for the right problem. So we have aligning, targeting, positioning, branding, pricing, systematizing, and scaling. I'm uh, going to put the visuals into the show notes for this episode two that we did for last week. So you've got it to refer to. Next, I want to look at Using the leverage test, which is my um, evaluation diagnostic, if you like, to evaluate 14 critical elements in your business. 
Because for those seven dimensions we talked about in iSuccess, this goes deeper to reveal two critical elements you can evaluate for each one. And that's what we use in the leverage test. It gives you a very easy to use, easy to apply business diagnostic. As I mentioned last time, I give you that in the companion workbook that comes free as a digital download with my book, Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age, or you can buy the print copy on Amazon. I like things like that in print and you're, I mean, you're not going to print out hundred pages of the PDF. So um, sometimes some people prefer to, to just order the print copy. Okay, so the leverage test not only gives you a self-evaluation for the the 14 critical elements I'm going to talk about in a moment, it also includes activity checklists for the seven iSuccess dimensions. And this is a way you can assess your iSuccessability. Yes, I came up with that term. It's very cheesy, but I kind of like it. So analyzing your iSuccessability is how you can see how strong your critical levers currently are. And then again, after you make improvements, you can go back and it'll give you a great way to judge performance changes. At the end of each checklist, I ask you to count up how many of the checklist boxes you ticked and give yourself a rank from one to four. It's that easy. And you end up with a grid that indicates where you need to focus your business improvement work. It's really pretty neat. Um, and although, yes, it helps when you're working with a mentor to, to sort of really drill down into what that business improvement plan might look like. Um, but it's, it's really just useful for shining a light on things that might not be obvious to you in your day-to-day -day business operation. Now, typical questions I get from clients would be something like, how do I create a good offer? Or how do I know the right people to talk to? And when we do this um, success checklist, if you score high threes and fours across the board, then great, there's a few things you can tighten up, but you're definitely ready for growth. You're definitely ready to, to pin down some of those aligning and targeting and positioning areas. But if not, then what follows shows you the best direction of travel because you can't get a good offer um, or an offer market fit, as we say, if you're not clearly aligned in terms of your purpose, if you haven't thought about what's a, a good target audience for you in terms of profitability, in terms of relevance um, of what you do and what they need. And, you know, in terms of how do I know the right people to talk to, you've got to square that equation. You, you, that's the only way to answer the, answer the question. And once you do that, it's far easier to then work on your positioning because, you know, you, you're clear on what it is that you do and who you do it for. If, say, you scored one and twos in certain dimensions, there's a breakdown of the analysis in the leverage text in the leverage test workbook that will help you to understand what you can work on to fix and boost those levers. So, you know, it is a starting point. At the end of the day, it's a starting point for you to reflect and a starting point for you to work with a coach or a mentor in terms of really strengthening those those areas and getting that clarity so that you can package up a great offer and then you can sort of start ramping up your your marketing and your sales effort to get more people to go through your program take up your service etc right so 
if you haven't already got it or guessed it already, iSuccess is my expert system. I've talked about expert systems in the past episodes as well. It's my methodology for the strategy work I do with clients, um, but also for the review work I do. And whether it's, you know, business performance improvement, business growth, or a bit of both, it's a methodology that helps us get on the same page and locate critical business design elements within a structured and pragmatic framework for innovation, improvement, and change kind of work. So this framework actually works really well in my work with consulting clients, whether they're a startup business or an existing business, but it especially works well for service-based and solo practitioner businesses um, because it just is a conversation that you need to have with somebody or that they certainly need to have with themselves or, or with people who know them and know their business. So I'm quickly going to list out all the 14 critical elements and the top level question for you to review in your own business, because you'll see then what I mean about the sort of simple way of, of just finding some criteria to reflect upon. And if you find it hard to penetrate these top level questions, then I can only reference you to my book and the leverage test where there's much more detailed explanation of what I mean for each one. So here we go. In the aligning dimension, the two elements are mindfulness and authenticity. And you can ask yourself, how mindful are you about the driving force behind your business vision in terms of your daily sort of work, your daily work on your business? How much does it keep coming back to you? How much does it inform your decision making? And linked to that, to what extent do you feel you're authentic in what you stand for? You know, where's that coming from? What's in your story that, that makes it a part of what you believe in? For targeting, we look at profitability and niche. So you're asking to what extent is your chosen target audience a profitable market? So we talked a little bit before about relevance, but it's also about, you know, how valuable is what you offer to that market that they'll be willing to pay you what you're worth and so that you can make good profits. And related to that in terms of niche is how specific and well-defined is your niche. You know, sometimes we pick a niche based on, you know, a particular problem that we solve. That's a very common thing that you're advised to do, but sometimes there's a golden thread that goes through everything that you do. And it's not necessarily that you you help people who have diabetes or you help people who are searching for their purpose in life or you help people to get their bookkeeping in order. You know, these are these are very tangible, specific things in, in some cases, but in other cases it's it's not. But the common thing is to identify the people who are specifically looking for that kind of help. What do they look like? You know, how old are they? Where do they hang out? Um, but it's also about defining what's your ideal customer. So niche is, is something that, you know, needs unpacking a little bit. Um, and I've had this with a lot of questions when people said, oh, I don't know my niche. How can I find my niche? And we talked a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about this in a future episode because I did a fantastic interview with Rebecca Tracy. And, you know, she's just an absolute artist and scientist in terms of helping you get past that. What's my niche question? Um, I'm really getting to the heart of, of why you do what you do so that you can start packaging and 
it's just a great area to dive into if that's something that's um, that's really a problem for you, that's holding you back. That's your bottleneck. So that would be to do with targeting. And for the positioning dimension, the criteria are about how unique and how networked you are. We can ask, how strongly do you stand out as unique and a thought leader, if you like, in your ideas, your expertise and your methodology? How much have you crafted that as something that differentiates you, perhaps drawing on your story as to why you work with the kind of people that you work with? And the other part of that, the network part, is to what extent do you participate in networking partnerships and groups? You know, how connected are you to your audience? How engaged are they with what you talk about? And remember, there's more questions in the Leverage Test Workbook that help you reflect on your answers. So these are just the top level questions. Okay, so now the branding dimension. To pull the lever here, we need to focus on boldness and creativity. Those are my key things that I felt were often missing for people when they were creating a brand and it was a bit lackluster and they were really having trouble you know, feeling excited about their brand, you know, and it's much more than just your color scheme. It's about your whole, your whole message and your, your whole personality. And what works really well in marketing is boldness and, and being creative. So the question specifically, the top level questions are how bold, confident and irresistible are you in your brand and offer? Because you've got to stand out in this marketplace. It's increasingly competitive. And sometimes it is about becoming an attractive character. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, going back to the authenticity question, that doesn't mean being somebody who you're not, but drawing out from yourself the things that are really going to resonate with people, the, the, the style, the personality, the quirks, the, the story that really makes you... Um, you know, be able to stand out with boldness and be confident in who you are. And the second part is how creative, innovative and flexible are you in your delivery methods? Because there's a lot of very same kind of things out there in the marketplace right now. And there's a lot of follow the leader. So, you know, the, the, the top people in the online space who are doing X and then everybody starts doing X. And yeah, some of it works, but it works because they have a big audience, whereas maybe you've got a small audience. So what's going to work for them might not work for you. So don't follow the leader. Find something that where you can really shine. Um, be creative in terms of how you communicate and you know how you blend together the kind of things that you do you know how you sequence it so all of those things can be areas that you can you can stand out in terms of your brand in and what becomes sort of typical for you um, and people sort of associate with you now the next dimension in the pricing dimension, we look at how results driven and premium you are and the top level questions here are simply, how results driven is your service product or program? You know, are you focusing on solving the problem for people? You know, is your messaging looking at what's the conversation that's going on in their heads about the result that they want, about the problem they have um, and the outcome that they want to get to? It's the kind of pain and pleasure points that you're, you're pointing out. Um, so you're closing the gap um, and the result that they want is to get from A to B, to get across the gap. And the other part of that is, what does it take for you to for you to help them get across that gap? And 
if it takes a lot more of your close working with them, whether through a group or through one-to-one, then, you know, maybe there's a case for offering a premium level beyond, um, say, a course that you might run. So it's looking at, 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 at a tier system, if you like. And I work with people on this a lot. And it's not just about the value ladder. It's not just about having a low cost tiny offer on the front end and a high cost premium offer on the back end. It's about what works to engage people, educate people and enroll people in your premium service. It would be crazy not to have a high end back end product. If you're bringing people in and you're helping them is what can you offer them next that's going to help them even more? How can you work with them in a way that's going to go deeper and and get those results for them faster? So the way that I look at this is in terms of setting up like three tiers, like a done for you, a done with you and a do it yourself. And the the done for you services is kind of like your high end consulting or agency type services. Um, and for that, you need to charge the time and the expertise that you're giving. Um, a done with you is kind of like a blend of of the do-it-yourself, which is quite low-end and low-touch, so that they actually can get the results. And you have to look at what's the minimum viable outcome, the minimum viable option for getting them some kind of transformation without having to work one-to-one with them, with every single client. Now, for the next dimension, the systematizing dimension, we're assessing for efficiency and productivity. So in some ways, it's a lot more straightforward. The key questions here are how efficient do you see your business operating model? And how would you rate your overall productivity week on week and over 90 day cycles? So the solutions here, a lot of them can come from helping you implement tools that automate parts of your business, um, how to find ways to be more organized, Um, thinking about what you could outsource and how to document your process so that it's easy for the for the VA or the specialist to take up and do something that you've perhaps been doing yourself for for quite a while and uh, you know to just have that off your desk I mean so that you've you're free to you know, do whatever you want, (laughs) whether it's free to work on the high end parts of your business or free to go off for a walk, go on holiday. Um, But there's parts of your business that are taken care of. So the two are not unrelated in terms of efficiency and productivity, um, but there's a lot of different uh, solutions um, that you can implement iteratively. You don't have to do it all in one go that will start to take you towards a more efficient and productive way of working. And that's how you're going to get the ability for moving into the final dimension, the scaling dimension. And the levers we need to focus on there are about how streamlined and expandable the business is. And specifically, how streamlined is your business development process? So the engage, educate, enroll process, if you like. And how expandable do you believe that business could potentially be. And a lot of that goes back to sometimes having to make some really big innovation changes in terms of how you operate, in terms of how you deliver what you deliver and moving to a different business model. Um, So all of these things are, they're quite 
big decisions um, to make and people don't take them lightly and they often take them way later than they could be. Um, I remember one of the pieces of advice in the interview I did with Anna Park in Naples. And I said, what's your superpower for leverage, creating leverage in your business? And she said, outsource before you're ready. And I totally agree with that. I think, we, you know, we're often hesitant because we haven't actually got our house in order ourselves. Our, our processes aren't aren't that streamlined and so it's really hard to hand over to someone and so we don't we just kind of leave it and thinking yeah one day um and i think the other area is really in terms of understanding how you deliver the transformation and what's the best way what's the most efficient and effective way to get that same transformation and you know often we can make the process way more complicated we put in more content we put in more activities we put in more tools and templates and actually sometimes you can do more harm than good because um the people are using those things are needing some kind of support to use them so it sometimes could just backfire on you to some extent and you know that's the famous thing of keep it simple stupid which is like the kiss um philosophy which is, again, back to minimum viable option is, you know, sometimes what people value is the simplicity, is the step by step without all the complicated bits. And I know that I've learned a load of, of things around that because I, I like to give lots of, of content, lots of, of things that are going to help. And at the end of the day, people just get swamped. They just feel overwhelmed. It's, it becomes too much. Um, so sometimes it's a matter of organizing your pieces so that you have a, a core curriculum, a core step-by-step, and then there are extra things that people can dip into if they need it, but not everyone will need it. So don't over-egg the cake, as they say. <laughs> okay, so um, these are really... You know, some of the some of the dimensions are have much easier questions, I think, to answer in one go. Um, but the the reflective additional questions are really going to help you to dive into some of the things that we would perhaps deal with on a strategy call uh, with regards to looking at, you know, where your starting points are really and in terms of making any kind of business improvement, you know, what. What are your existing assets? What sort of tools have you got in place? What skills do you have or could or could acquire in terms of a team? And, you know, that sort of thing is just looking at where you're starting from and what you need to put in place to maximize some of these levers. Okay, so that's a lot of heavy stuff. And I guess sometimes the question is, why are business diagnostics worth bothering with? And I get that question a lot. So I'm going to tackle that one now. And one of the things that it's really good, if you can have a a, a system like we do in the leverage test, where you can kind of ask some very simple top level questions and score the elements, you know, even if you have to go into the extra questions to, you know, to really be confident in your, your, your score that you're giving yourself sort of say on a scale of one to 10. And then you plot that onto a chart and we use a spider chart. And what this gives you is a really nice visual picture because sometimes, you know, we all get bogged down in, in a numbers um, a numbers game. And sometimes the, the, you can't see the wood for the trees 
for the trees when you're looking at numbers. So having a visual picture, I think really helps in my experience, to show up the imbalances, show the skews across the different dimensions. And that's where you're going to sort of see the things that are maybe in your blind spots because we've we've dived in from the top level and then suddenly things have emerged. Um, I, I create a clever little Excel formula version of my spider chart for my clients um, when I send them a report. And it's fabulously insightful and it's on page two, uh, 273 in my book. But if you want to see the colour version, because obviously the book's in black and white, hop on over to the show notes for this episode at jallison.com forward slash podcast. And you'll need to scroll to the bottom of the page to find episode 14. So... What happens is you plot your scores, you shade the areas inside the um, the mark, and you can see visually the elements that you're strong in are shaded sort of up close to the outer ring. This is like a circle, if you know what a, a spider chart looks like. Um, it's like a circle with, it's like a radial, radial diagram. And, and those that are weaker will only have the inner areas shaded. So when we look at our eye success um, the inner core, the inner cog of the of the flywheel, you'll see that obviously it goes from sort of red to oranges to to sort of beiges and golds and then through to the greens. Um, so it's kind of nice because it, it helps you to see very visually where where you need to put the work and and particularly if you if you're having troubles further down the line in terms of of ramping things up and yet you see there's some sort of small shaded areas in some of the more foundational areas it really helps you then to go back to some of those those business design some of those fundamental strategic areas and 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 focus on on strengthening those so having a business diagnostic is Again, where you're going to find your blind spots, um, there can be many more success criteria that you could add to this whole thing. But being brutally honest, they most likely still fit within one or more of the seven dimensions that we've gone through. And once you've got all your sections charted or shaded, um, you can start to then dive in and have conversations uh, you know, with, with your team, with your coach, with your mentor. What are the results for each element telling you about your current and desired situation? Start with mindfulness and authenticity at the top, because those are the foundations, really, that everything else is built onto. And think about how clear you are about your end goals. Are you clear on what you want to achieve personally and financially? What's the real benefit or impact you wish to achieve helping others? Which goes back to the question that we asked right at the beginning of what does success look like? So look at each dimension and its two elements in turn. What do the scores reveal that lead to you thinking how you might improve things? So whether it's your messaging, your branded offers, your pricing, your operational and delivery processes. And going back to the flywheel, you'll see that each dimension actually corresponds to certain leverage areas that are points of leverage. And you can see where the shading is heaviest and lightest. It helps you to spot the problem areas that might be hampering your marketing, your sales and your your delivery and help you to see where's the biggest growth potential. So do you need to strengthen your marketing and have more leveraged marketing? Do you need more leveraged sales or do you need a more leveraged delivery model? 
So looking at the, the seven dimensions and that inner wheel, more shading in the top right quadrant, the reddish areas, indicates you've picked a purposeful and profitable niche. The bottom at right, the orangey gold areas, suggest that you have a distinctive and compelling message. If your shading's heavier at the bottom left quadrant, where it's kind of the, the gold to green area, this suggests that you have an impactful and efficient way of delivering results. And the top left, the green areas, denotes a workable and scalable operational system. The reason this kind of business review work is valuable is because something isn't working in the business, or at least not as well or as fast as we'd like. And it's because we're not seeing the performance we'd like in terms of the wealth, freedom or impact we want. And often, as I said, the metrics are just in terms of, of the money. And that's not really what iSuccess is all about. It's not really what being an independent business owner is all about. And this kind of diagnostic is really useful because when we know the root cause is somewhere deeper than just finding the next great marketing tactic or creating a better landing page or, or implementing a bit of software, those may be well part of the solution, but they're not going to solve anything. So we're looking here to, to really find what we're solving for in terms of why the business isn't performing. And that's often because something's broken at a strategic level. Danny Innie, who's an absolute gem in problem-solving business bottlenecks, had it right. And a reason I work with his company, Miracy, he said, as a business, as long as you're always looking to grow, there will always be another bottleneck. Your job is to identify it and to fix it and realize that you will get incremental and even exponential gains in doing so. But it's never going to be infinite. Your strategy is about focusing on the highest point of leverage, the one thing that you can change that will have a positive effect on everything else you do. And when you fix it, you move on to the next one. Believing a strategy can double or triple your income is not easy, but often that's the kind of marketing that we're, that we're inundated with these days. And it's very tempting to think that there's a, a silver bullet out there somewhere. And even though an approach may appear feasible, many of us are intrinsically risk averse and our cynical brain may dismiss it entirely. So sometimes the simplest solutions are the best ones as long as you do the diagnostic and you really understand why something is a bottleneck. While we can use process improvement methodologies to help get any problems ironed out in the machinery, we also need to be looking at whether the machine as a whole is doing what it's intended to do, and that is to support the business growth strategy we pick. So the most typical question I get asked by small business owners is this. They come to me and we use the leverage test to identify the areas for improvement, the barriers and the bottlenecks, the blind spots. And the question I really get more than anything is simply this. How can I get more clients? Pretty basic, huh? And we could have dived into all the kinds of marketing tactics, the flavor of the month, especially as one business was asking if they should use, say, LinkedIn Sales Navigator to help find the right clients to talk to. So it's kind of like you're asking the wrong questions or you're asking a question before, you know, that you should be asking way later because you've got, you've got other things that you need to deduce first. So here's what the leverage test shading pattern revealed for this client. We have a lots of red, but not much orange. And so we're kind of 
quite good on the clarity of our purpose, but not so good on the target audience. And it was kind of patchy in the greens. So we were maybe operating a little bit all over the place and just sort of punching holes. There was a high level of clarity about their purpose, the aligning dimension, the reds, but that it wasn't well aligned to their target audience or being communicated effectively in their brand, the orange gold sort of areas. And it suggests that they are productive and get results. That's the pricing and the systematizing dimensions. But they're possibly charging too little in value for money terms. And there is a little leverage in terms of streamlining and expansion of their operational processes. The biggest reveal, their big aha moment, was when they realized that even if they got more clients, they actually weren't set up well to accommodate them. You could well argue it's a nice problem to have, but actually that's a pretty stressful problem to have. And when you're a specialist service provider, you can't just hire someone in and ramp up capacity, at least not in the areas that matter to customer fulfillment and service quality. So being able to identify the general area of barriers and bottlenecks in your business, as well as the specific steps in your operating process, is a super important skill to learn how to do for two reasons. Firstly, these constraints can snowball on your overall revenue and capacity to grow. So you need to look at your business as a whole. And secondly, there's always a bottleneck in a business, even if it's a small one. Learn how to find and resolve the most constraining one first and keep your eyes on your key performance indicators that illuminate new ones as your business grows. As you expand the capacity of one aspect of your business, it can create a buildup of problems in another aspect. So that's why this really helps to reveal some of those imbalances. I've used the iSuccess framework for many years working with my clients and it's proven incredibly effective for driving our leveraged business ambitions and strategy. It's a self-evaluation ex exercise in the first instance and it helps people identify their bottlenecks, create an action plan that's going to prioritize where to make improvements. So they're using their time wisely in what they're doing and it gets them the result they want. As I said, the leverage test is included in the companion workbook that's free with my leverage consulting in the Digital Age book, and I'll put the link in the show notes too. In there, you'll find a detailed explanation for each of those 14 elements, plus further questions to reflect on. I definitely urge you to use it to delve more deeply into the self-evaluation so that you arrive at well-thought-through findings. When looking at their business, clients tell me they can't see the weaknesses. Of course, we all have blind spots, remember? And helping them overcome possible mindset, marketing and money blocks can help cut to the heart of what's holding back momentum and growth in the business. The leverage test or diagnostics like this that aren't heavy handed, they really help shine some light on what's hiding in those blind spots for you. For instance, imagine if you wanted to attract a consistent stream of clients to your business, but also increase how many clients you can serve beyond the constraints of trading time for money. What would need to be in place? So we then map those 14 critical elements against the flywheel components for the leverage business. And it illuminates whether you need to work on the inner core, the leveraging you, your marketing, your sales, and or your delivery model. There's a colorful little mapping table I created for this, and I've put that in the show notes for you too. 
Once you can see the priority areas for your business, if you want support to implement your action plan, then you might look to joining the Leverage Business Accelerator and we go through the diagnostic together. It's our flagship program in the iSuccess Business Academy. So how can you apply the leverage test to your business? Now, look, I know we've covered a lot of detail. And if you haven't been looking at the visual, it might sound a little confusing uh, just to hear it on the audio. Um, I've pointed you to my book and in part because it's awesome, (laughs) but also because there's lots of lovely visuals in it. And the companion workbook has way more detailed explanations about the seven dimensions, about the 14 elements, about the success checklists that I talked about and the analysis in terms of examples. Even for the audiobook, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, I've given listeners a free downloadable so they'll have all those visuals and references to quotes, figures and tables that are in the book. Anyway, if all you do is look at the cover, you'll be able to see the iSuccess wheel, the cog, the engine that I've talked about within the larger leveraged business flywheel. So I hope there's some amount of sense that comes out of that, some amount of visualization, a representation of the kinds of criteria that you can use to review and improve your business performance. So what we've talked about in the previous episode, episode 13, is all about that kind of framework. And this one has been much more about using it to diagnose bottlenecks in your business and to find out ways to fix them. As a service provider, I think it's great using a visual model like this because it provides your audience of potential clients with a clear view of your solution. So it's something that you might like to think about as well for your own expert system, because it's like seeing the map. And most of us like to have a sense of the road ahead, right? It's the same for your clients too. So I'm hoping it gives you an example of what an expert system actually looks like as well in visual graphic design terms. It's your three-step system or your five-step process or your seven-step framework. And clients really like to have this mapped out too because it's clear, it's tangible, and it's quite exciting. I've deliberately kept mine to a simple smart art graphics as I teach packaging your expert system to my clients. And I always want to emphasize that anyone can easily create a visual like this for their own expert system. It doesn't have to be a flashy design. That's not the point. For my book cover, yes, we made it a lot more high quality and, you know, really really beautiful. My son did a lot of work on that for me, which was great because um, it felt like we we were co-owning the the book cover. And uh, I mean, from a leverage marketing point of view, having an expert system and a kind of visual like this, it, it really helps differentiate what you do to what anyone else does because it's unique to me. iSuccess is my proprietary system. I created it. But also from a leverage delivery point of view, it forms the basis of the diagnostic review and the improvement work I do with a client. So, you know, it's, it's very much something that is part of my brand. This one little system, this framework has proved itself time and again as a reliable tool for resolving the typical business challenges and common frustrations my clients face that I actually outline in chapter one of my book, which is on the power of leverage. I'm sure you have an expert process too, even if it's not yet explicit or you haven't given it a name. And there's a lot of kinds of graphics and infographics that you can create around it once you're clear But that's a topic for another episode, another time. 
get in touch and let me know if that's something you'd like me to talk about. There's a contact me tab on my website at jallison.com or reach out on social media. Again, the links are in the show notes. I would love to connect with you and welcome you into the world of high success for leverage business building. So please take advantage of the the free resources, the opportunities available at jallison.com forward slash leveraged business. That's all one word. I'll put the links in the show notes for this episode. As I said, I keep saying that's the place to go. So you've got everything in one place. And of course, you can grab a copy of my book to get a much deeper dive into everything, including the free digital download that has the leverage test, self-evaluation and activity checklists in it, which are based around the seven dimensions of success framework. So visit jallison.com forward slash leveraged business for more information about that, all that, and as well, my Leverage Business Accelerator program, which might be just the right time for you to really get down and start working on accelerating your business success. Well, that's it. There's a lot of detail in there, I know, and I will be. there will be an, a blog article on the same sort of topic without all the without all the chat, perhaps a little bit more structured. If you want to have a read through, it's kind of like a transcript for the for the podcast episode. And uh, again, the link will be in the show notes, of course. So all for now from me and hope you have a great week and that uh, if you have got any questions that you'll get in touch. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So, hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.